Today's episode is with Josh Burris. Josh is a friend and client of mine who has been an originator in the mortgage business for almost 20 years now. He is the executive vice president of Intercoastal Mortgage. He is a graduate of Virginia Tech University, graduated summa cum laude which means he's a smart guy. I think you'll you'll feel uh, and witness his intelligence today in our conversation. Um, he is incredibly versatile uh, in his abilities to talk about everything from being a great originator and what it takes right now in today's market to do so, uh, all the way to product knowledge, uh, as that is a major role that he plays for his company. This is a man who is a tremendous leader and speaks from his heart, um, and I am really uh, honored to have Josh Burris as my guest on today's show. <laughs> what's up, Josh? Hey, what's up, brother? It's good to see you, man. Thank you for being with me today. I'm super, um, super excited to, to actually just get to know you even better and chat with you and teach together. You're such a gifted teacher, so it's going to be a lot of fun, man. I'm excited and I'm honored to be here. Right on. So pre, pre-recording, we're talking about the fact that you just started a 21-day cleanse. So I figured, you know, we would just get, get right to it, you know, just yeah. let's, let's talk about how things are going with that. Just, you know, to make sure that everybody that's listening is thinking, wow, then I thought this was going to be about mortgages and they're talking about, about yeah. him, uh, going I think on everybody today, <laughs> yeah, I think everybody today is going to catch me at like, uh, they don't really tell you this in the cleanse, but like you go through this period where like, you're just angry for yeah, the first like five yeah. or six days. <laughs> so oh, like, yeah. you're kind of catching me on that, like, last day of like pure hatred of the world. And then I'm thinking I'm going to come down into happiness again. Yeah. Well that, you know what that is, that's because you're detoxing. So like what's happening in those first like few days is like your body's just getting rid of like all the toxins, all the shit it's been storing in it, in your, in your muscles and in your nerve and your cells. And it's just shedding all that. And it's not fun. You're right. But man, once you hit the window, I mean, is this the first time you've done, what are you doing the clean cleanse? Yeah, I did the. I'm doing the clean cleanse for uh, the the 21 day version. I did the seven day version before, and like that's short enough to where you know you can just get through about anything and and get through it. And then this one is definitely a little more prolonged. And and I, I'm getting to the other side of the the you know, caffeine headaches. Like the first three days, I didn't realize how much during the holidays I was drinking in terms of caffeine. And and this will let you know. It lets you know real swiftly. But wait a minute, bro. Like, okay, so let me just catch the listeners up because like you and I are having this conversation. They're probably going, what the hell is going on here? So Alejandro Junger wrote a book called Clean. I read it, I don't know, 15 years ago when I was interested in doing a cleanse. I did my first cleanse. It was really powerful experience for me. Like it was huge. Like it was like, wow, like I feel so amazing by the time the 21 days are over. And I've done the cleanse. I don't know, like I'm getting ready to do it. <clears throat> I start on January 27th, um, but I've done it probably 10 times, <clears throat> maybe more. And um, the bottom line is first week's tough and then it gets really good. And it's a really good thing to reset your body once a year or however frequently you want to do it. So let's get back to you now, Joshy. So it's the first time you've done 21. I've yeah. done seven. I've done the seven. The 21's, I think, way better. I don't think it's actually yeah. as hard because once you get to where you're at right now from here, it's going to be smooth sailing. You, you haven't done the 21 before, huh? No, I haven't. I haven't. I've done the seven day before and like seven day, like once you're at the end of the, you know, during the seven day cleanse, they have you do a 24 hour fast. And at the end of that 24 hour fast, you're pretty much ready to strangle somebody 
and uh, and then you kind of come out of it. And those last couple of days seem like they're really good and your energy level spikes and, and you feel fantastic. And it really does, it reset it for me. But this one, I definitely wanted to try and push myself a little bit more and, and do the 21 day. Because when I heard, I had listened to you talk about it before. And, and I remember when we talked about it, you were like on like day 19 and we were all having a, a conference call and you're like, yeah, it's actually a lot easier. And, and from a standpoint of the volatility of it, the 21 day seems just much more uh, yeah. of a nice arc as opposed to like the psychotic Chuck Norris roundhouse to the face. So yeah. it's uh, seven days. The, the seven, seven days day intense. Is, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's aggressive to say the least, but it gets the job done. So no, I've, I've honestly enjoyed it. We've got through the, the caffeine headaches and, and I think now it's going to be a little bit more smooth sailing from here on out. You're going to be stoked as to how little sleep you need very soon, man. Like by around the 10th yeah. or 10th to 10th to the 14th day, right in there, it's all of a sudden, boom, like I need six hours and that's it. And I sleep really well and I have a lot of mental acuity and there's a lot of good stuff coming your way. Good job. And, and congrats on doing that. I, I know the part that sucks the most is the antisocial part. It's not exactly like you can yeah. go out to dinner with your friends or anything, you know, you're kind of sequestered. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see your friends kind of support you and they're like, hey, did you give up yet? <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> we missed you. And ta they're antagonists. They're fucking antagonists yeah, right. is what it is. So, you know, that that's actually why I'm doing I put out that. Did you see the text in the WhatsApp thread that I was yeah. going to do? Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. And I got like five people that were all starting on the 27th of January together. It'll be kind of cool. We'll get our own little WhatsApp thread going and we'll be, you know, communicating with each other and seeing how everybody's doing. So, well. I suppose no, we need to talk and, about mortgages at some point in time, but you know, I sure. figure talking about uh, about your discipline there is a good thing. Um, well, Tim, I honestly think too, right? Like coming through a moment like this where things are crazy and people are kind of down uh, from a market standpoint, I can tell you one of the most empowering things is to get a hold of your health. Uh, because I feel like it drives everything from there, right? Like you can get such a boost of energy and it is, uh, it's like a, a superpower that you don't really realize until you're in the middle of it. So anytime that I've ever like really dove into getting my you know health back on track in a meaningful way has always completely powered my business. And when you were talking about sleep, I thought it was funny because at the same time, I hadn't slept well for a long time. And I started to kind of dive way down into the weeds on it. And I noticed I was drinking caffeine too late. And I was reading my email before bed and doing like literally when you watch any sleep specialist talk about the best way to get great sleep, they talk about like, if you can get good sleep, it's almost like a narcotic. And when you do, it's incredible. But everything that I was doing during my day was the absolute worst thing that you could do. Like, wake up in the morning, look at your phone, like go to sleep, looking at your phone. And we got, uh, we recently got, I don't know if you've heard of the chili pad before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ben, ben oh, Greenfield talked about that in, in Mexico. That's right. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Mm. Basically, you know, for anybody who doesn't know what it is, it's essentially a cover that goes over your bed where water pumps through it and it can, uh, basically cool your bed. And as you get deeper into your sleep, it, it will get cooler if you set it that way and it helps you drop into heavier sleep. So you don't have to sleep as long, but you'll get a much better quality of sleep. And Holy cow. Has it been a game changer? I mean, how, how does it, if I, you know, when I heard Ben talk about that, my immediate response is, yeah, but like, is that like, 
So like, you know, when you want to get intimate with your wife, are you like, you know, on a waterbed or is there, is, I mean, is it comfortable? What's it like, man? Listen, uh, so it's not uncomfortable. And (laughs) the last thing I worry about in a moment like that is the comfort of the bed. Um, (laughs) I don't know about you. You're getting a little older than I am, but (laughs) that's not where I'm at. Um, But what I will say I'm all about comfort, man. (laughs) Listen, when you have three kids that are between six, eight and 10, uh, you worry about uh, the availability of time rather than your comfort surroundings. So, okay. Okay. <laughs> to be getting into a completely different pool of, of wavelength, but the the sleep piece of it has been great because I can tell you this: when your spouse sleeps better, uh, you have a much better batting average. Yeah, well, I want to go. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> I bet you. Do. I hope everybody picked up on that. Um, so, I. I want to uh, comment on something that you said from a business perspective that I think is super important is that, wow, like that's really profound what you just articulated. It's like last year was a year, 2022 was a year where you had to look hard for victories, right? Like they're just, there were a lot more defeats. Let's be honest about it. Even if you're the most optimistic and positive person, that was a tough year. And, you know, here we are in early 23 and hopefully God willing next year's a bit more, um, more normalized, hopefully at least. But when you need victories in your life to make life meaningful, to have energy, to have a reason and a purpose to like get up every day and, and fight the fight, you can turn to your physical health and well-being because you can control that. And that's right. a really powerful point you're making there, bro. Yeah, it's like, you know, I as as a father of young children, you want to try to instill confidence. And I feel like the way to instill confidence is to give them things that they can struggle at but ha- but be victorious at and a way to do that is to control the environment. So, trying to set up things where it's going to challenge your children, but it's it's no different when you're an adult and it's no different when you're in a challenging situation. So you try to set yourself up to be able to have small victories and those small victories can build and build and build. And that gives you the momentum. Like, you know, you introduced this to Joe Dispenza and Joe Dispenza talked about the impact of positive energy and the impact of positive momentum. And the way that you can do that, one of the things, one of the few things that we can control as originators in this environment is our own health, right? You don't have to spend a lot of money, but if you die, decide to dial into it, you can affect that. And that will affect in a positive manner, everything that you do from the day forward. So that is kind of what I've chosen to start the year out with is like a real focus is I'm going to dive deep into the health side. I'm going to stay positive with my team. We're going to train deep. And it has, it has already proven itself over and over again. Every time I do it, it, it makes me go like, okay, you still got it. Like, let's get, get ramped up. But I mean, you yeah. taught us a lot of that. So I'm sure you have a lot to comment on it as well. Well, I mean, listen, anything that I'm teaching you, I'm either learning a little bit by the school of hard knocks myself or learning from other teachers like Dr. Joe. But what I will say is that, you know, yes, one of the most important things that any of us can do. Well, actually, I'm going to go so far as I think it is the most important thing we can do is to take very seriously the importance of governing our energy. I mean, and that you know, our energy is dictated by everything from thoughts to food, to environment, to, you know, what types of situations we insert ourselves into. And I don't think a lot of people have been given 
the the teaching of that consideration to where there a lot of people aren't slowing down enough to take a step back and go okay wait a minute what can i control here that might be healthy for me that might influence my experience in a more positive way that you know how can i govern my energy on a daily basis more effectively so yeah like you know dr- turning the focus to the things that are good is an option it's a choice and unfortunately for a lot of people like it's 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 a it's a challenge but it is a practice right so like you even mentioned the fact that like doing it you know giving yourself those small victories is super important which is what builds momentum and every time you do something like this like a cleanse and you feel good you start to dispel the thought of man that's hard and i can't do it okay that's number one and then number two is you reap the benefits of what that the end of that has to offer, which are really powerful, man, because it's not just having better energy, better mental acuity. It's actually healthier. Like I'll I'll tell you a quick story. Last year, I decided to do an experiment when I did the 21 day cleanse and I decided to, I uh, did blood work before the cleanse and got all my markers and then have my doctor write me a prescription to do blood work like 60 days later after my cleanse. Dude, it was incredible, man. It was like my, my cholesterol was um, like 127. Okay. And my LDL was under 75. It's like, like that, my, the blood work of like a 15 year old, you know? So it's like, you see that and you go, oh man, this is like, really good for me to do, you know, and that's, those are the little small victories and the momentum that it takes. So like, okay, let's transition. Let's play off of that. Right. So momentum, small victories, man, uh, in the mortgage business, that's a really important thing right now. What are some things that you're doing on a tactical business level, you know, as an originator of loans, and we'll get into the other things that you do because you're, um, you know, very astute in various aspects of the business, but you are an originator. What are the things that you're getting back to and you're, you know, sharing with your originators that they need to be getting back to, to build the small, small victories and create the momentum? Yeah. So I think, you know, one of the most important things that we really leaned into was redefining a successful day and what that looked like, right? Because everybody in the origination business has just come off of two of the greatest years that the, the industry has ever seen. So they had a very, uh, high expectation of what a good day was previously, right? You know, a good day previously might be closing 10 loans in a day. And that's probably not what this is right now. So redefining what a great day is and then being proud of it and then sharing it with each other. One of the most challenging parts I feel has been for people to go through COVID and be separated. And in our business specifically, people were separated, but they were still super successful. So that gave them a different feeling. Now people, a lot of people are still working from home and still working in isolation and now they're not successful and now they're scared and that can be really detrimental. So first thing first, we try to get people back together in as healthy way as possible. And that has created a lot of different synergies that you just can't replicate over the phone or, or you know, over teams. So we get people together and then from there, we try to redefine our day as to how many people did we contact? Did we, did we manage our database appropriately? And one of the things that we're working on heavily is let's get our database as tight as possible. And let's make sure not only are we getting our database as tight as possible, that when this thing turns, 
We have already prepped our clients in advance. And, and all it is, is just a, a recollection of, hey, remember when we had that conversation about locking your rate when I saw it come down? Because that's my job. I'm your debt service manager. That day is here. And now it's time to execute that. So be prepared for your paperwork. This is great news. So making sure our, our database is super tight. And then on top of that, you know, we can make our database as tight as possible. But the reality of how many people we would have closed uh, in the last six months to a year where they're in the sixes and the sevens, that number isn't nearly as big as it would be for a normal refinance run. So on top of that, how can we add to our database right now with quality leads that we can monitor or adopt a loan from somebody else who maybe we didn't even close a loan for? And to do that, we've been having these great conversations with our agent partners, our financial planners. And then honestly, we reach out and we work in tandem with our title companies to talk and look for people who have closed at these higher interest rates through maybe builder incentives or whatever to build up this great database so that when the time comes that we can strike and that we can strike effectively. The, the wins are making sure that we're checking those boxes and we're doing those activities. And it's a different feeling than before, but it's still successful. Shit, bro. Like, I mean, drop the mic, man. Like that's, that's it. Like we could end the, we could end this podcast right now. And, but we're not because we can drill down on all that stuff too, but sure. Yes, 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 yes. Like redefining what a successful day looks like, building momentum through the gaining of small victories, breaking it down to, you know, the redefinition of success is also almost a redefinition of the goal because, because the goal now is relationships and the understanding of the fact that relationships take time. So it becomes an issue of more of the goal is contacts, meaningful interactions, knowing that the rest will take care of itself. And, um, I mean, the, the database integrity piece, I mean, yeah, like right now is the golden opportunity to adopt loans from credit unions that did five one arms at five and a half percent, you know, all through the fall and into the winter of, of 2022. Those are ripe for the picking on a refi and pulling that data from your title companies right now and starting to put together a marketing campaign to those people and warm them up and get in touch with them. Let them know you're going to manage your debt for them. Yes, man. And then when you have that day, when you wake up and boom, rates have dropped by a half percent in two days and you just look at it and go, oh my gosh, I've got a group, you know, cause it's all segmented if you've done it right. And sitting right here are four more deals, you know, and you're getting that experience once every couple of weeks. So, so the, the, the pulling of the data from the title companies, I'm so stoked to hear you say that because that's something that I used to do religiously when I was an originator. Um, which is a very long time ago now, but that stuff still works. Um, and you know, the builder loans that were done, et cetera. Um, what's your reach out on that? So are you calling? Are you, you know, so it's different, mailing? right? No. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's different for each of them. Um, right now, I think, you know, if you can't find data, you're just not looking for it at this point with what's available, you know, through the internet and through your title company partners. So the, the conversation really is, or the, the pathways are twofold. Uh, your past client database, you've got all their contact information. And, and when we talk about adopting a loan, I don't want to assume that everybody knows what I mean in that. But 
there have inevitably been deals that originators have lost through this period of the last year, year and a half. And if you have, hopefully you ended that conversation uh, the right way. And if you haven't, the idea is, hey, listen, I understand where why you're making the decision you are. However, I still want to make a relationship out of this and I want to adopt your loan. And what that means essentially is that I'm going to be responsible for monitoring your debt throughout the next 30 years. And if I find an opportunity for you to be able to save money or for you to use your mortgage to your advantage, I'm going to be in contact. So be looking out for my call. That setup at the end of you losing a, a, a rate conversation or if you lose a deal, that conversation can potentially have such meaningful implications in the future. So if you ever lose a deal, make sure that's the conversation that you have. And then on top of that, we should be having conversations with our clients all along the pathway of rates and say, hey, listen, this is what's going on in rates. Congratulations, you got such a lower rate than this. But don't forget, the market can fluctuate. And when it does, I'm going to see it first. And that's my job. You need to be off doing your work and your family things that you need to do. It's my job to manage your debt service long-term for your life. So I'm going to be in contact and know that when I call, it's going to be important and I'm not going to waste your time. So that you're setting these people up to know that when they see your number calling in, they have the potential to be saving some money. So setting that up. Now, the, the approach for cold leads, as I'd like to call them, where you're before, getting them from before. title companies. Yeah, before you oh, yeah. go there, I just want to also add, I mean, agree again with everything you're sharing. I want to also add that what I had happen a lot of times on the loan adoption script, which, you know, was, yeah, for me, it was, it was an apology. You know, I'm really sorry that I've not done a better job of, of, of educating you and showing you the value that I bring to a relationship with someone. And the fact that you've chosen to work with somebody else says that I've actually failed you. Um, so what I'd like to do for you going forward to make it up to you is manage your debt for you. And I'm not going to charge you anything for it. And, you know, I'd go into that whole thing and I'd check in with them two weeks later. And here's what happened a bunch of times is before those, two, you know, two weeks later, I called, I'm confirming they got locked in. I want to congratulate them, let them know that I'm really happy for them and that, you know, I'll be in touch when there are opportunities to decrease the cost of that debt for you going forward. Imagine the message you're sending. Okay. I mean, the person's like, Jesus, man, I'm like, this guy's like on it and he's not even getting paid by me at all. Like I chose somebody else and he's more on it than the other person that I chose in most cases. And what would happen sometimes is either before that two week call or at the two week call, I get the deal back because the person would call me back and go, Hey, you know what? The guy's not returning my calls. And you know, I, this isn't going very smoothly. And can I still work with you? I mean, I really liked what you said the last time we talked, you know, I mean, it, it's, there's no reason not to say it right, bro. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, right. a, it's a script that is a win no matter what. So now you go to your colder leads, which you're getting from, you know, uh, a title company or whatever source. Um, how are you warming them up? How are you approaching them? So it depends on the the level of information that they have. It's pretty wild. Some of them even get to the point where they have emails now. So if you can get down to the boil down all the way to the email addresses, you can run a campaign that's quite a bit different than having to do the old school, you know, call cold call or mailing. But time, time out a sec. You're getting the email addresses from title companies. You can you can actually access information wow. for that from a lot of different places. Wow. It, it takes okay. a little bit more elbow grease, but you can get there. Um, and not for everybody, but it depends on how well they've you know hidden their information 
but look, the, at the end of the day, the, the conversation is still the same. You just have to get to the place where you can do it. It, you talk about the idea of, I know who you closed with and these people aren't necessarily incentivized to watch your mortgage debt long-term. I'm going to do that for you at no cost whatsoever. I'm a local guy. I'm right around the corner. And we can do this and dedicate our service to you because ultimately what we like to do are create relationships in the local community to maximize people's wealth through real estate. It's our job to make sure that we're curators of this mortgage market and of this and the values in our area. And that's what we're here for. Those conversations, once they realize that you're not some you know, guy out of India calling, uh, cold calling you and that you're a local person and they can look you up online, it becomes a different conversation altogether. And when you're approaching it as to, you don't have to do anything, I'm just gonna take care of things for you. That's a hard conversation for people to say no for. And, and to what your point was earlier, when you had called those clients back, a lot of the times the reason that people will come back to you is once you have offered something for free and you're not one of the people that are trying to inundate them with marketing and text and calls. And they feel like you're trying to take something from them, but you're giving yourself to them and they can see that you are a professional. I feel like there's this unwritten rule of reciprocity in those people where they feel this urge to want you to win. And that's what our job as originators is in this market. We need to be educators and we need to be out in our markets, educating people on what's going on. Because I'll tell you, you think originators are scared, first time home buyers are scared, you know, move up buyers are scared, real estate agents are scared. So if we can create a, a, a uniform set of educational teachings where people understand and you can be the person that provides the answers to what their questions are in their head, that's what people need in a place of fear. They need somebody to be able to come to and trust where you've done the research and you know that you're the most educated person that they can talk to that day. And they're as thirsty as they can be for that information. When did you start the business? So I, I kind of grew up in the business, Tim. So my grandmother uh, was the first female vice president of a company around here back in the day. And uh, my father and my stepfather were in the business, but I actually started in 2006 um, full-time. So I was Perfect. in a rich, I was, I was an intern in uh, secondary marketing, which in our world, you know, isn't anything to do with marketing. It's just investor relations. I started there as an intern. And I remember I'm like, I'm a 18 year old kid, just completely full of himself. And I'm going like, I'm watching these people make hand over fist amounts of money through 0304. And I'm like, I am going to kill it when I get out. And I get out and the market's like, wow, <laughs> and it explodes in 08. But I was fortunate enough to work for the CEO of a company who has been an incredible mentor, you know, and gotten to watch everything. So when I walked into the business, it was one of the worst times we had ever seen, but I didn't know any better. So being able to be in a moment like this and help educate people who haven't been through a challenging time, I mean, pretty much since then, it's been a pretty great run. There's been a couple of years to kind of live another, but this one, this one has been different. And I feel like people just need security and they need comfort. Well, hello, friends, and I hope that you're enjoying this episode of the 360 Experience podcast. To listen to the remainder of this episode, please visit us at The Loan Atlas, 
where you will also find the most comprehensive resource for mortgage professionals to build their practice, backed by the greatest faculty that's ever been assembled in the mortgage industry. Check us out at the link below or go to theloanatlas.com. Look forward to having you as a guest on our next episode of the 360 Experience Podcast.